Hi, everyone. I'm going to be reading from the chapter called Chase, and it starts on page 167 and it ends on page 186. So please turn in your book to page 167 and follow along with me. You can pause this podcast at any time if you need to take a break or if you lose your place. The chapter Chase on page 167. Chase is from the Anglo-French chaser. It's a verb to rush after, follow or pursue in order to catch. It's a noun, an event in which living creatures are hunted. Chase is from the Anglo-French and chaser. It's a verb to decorate metal by indenting with a delicate hammer and tools, sometimes adding gems. Chase is from the Middle French chase and Latin capsa. It's a noun, a rectangular metal frame used for printing. Up, down, up, down. Early felt like life was starting to copy the line patterns at the beginning of the first book of rhythms. Some days there was hope and a landscape in sight. Other days it felt like her family had fallen down and would never get up again. If there was a rhythm here, it sure didn't feel easy. The Chicago Public Library had always been a source of great pride for the Pearls. Dash was thrilled by his connection to the Harold Washington branch and felt as though he belonged there. Some of the kids loved the second floor children's library, which was huge and always packed with new titles. Inside this building, the world had felt generous, limitless like a safe spot for dreams to grow. The largest public library facility in the world, the place is a brick and rose-colored granite fortress with soaring windows, an elegant conversation between stone and glass. Pursed at each corner of the roof, massive green metal owls peer out from the leafy plants. Early had thought they were storybook creatures meant to welcome kids until Dash had explained that owls symbolize knowledge and wisdom. Rhythms are a fact on the outside of this building. Horizontal bands encircle each story are crossed by a vertical design of corn stalks cascading downward at intervals. Layers of rounded framing echo windows and soften the geometry of the world. Of the whole. At street level, many doors open on each side. It is a castle that welcomes. Named after for, former Mayor Harold Washington, a can-do man who was Chicago's first African-American to run the city, the structure whispered, yes, whoever you are, come in. This building is for you. It is so large that it has its own stop on the elevated train. Everyone is invited in, no matter what age or stage, and all nationalities are welcome. Early remembered Dash explaining to her that people without homes often came to get warm in the winter or cool in the summer, and that the library was a kind place, even to those who were too unwell or tired to read. A refuge, he called it. Early opened her eyes one morning and suddenly knew that this was where she should be each day. And maybe, just maybe, she'd discover where Dash had gone. It was a place that had been the center of their lives. 
If something had gone wrong for Dash, it could only be because of a tangle. A tangle. And of course, tangles didn't fix themselves. Early couldn't wait to get to work. Kids had small fingers, and small fingers were good at knots. When she asked some at breakfast if the three of them could go, Early didn't mention to her mother that she was planning to return to the library every day, each and every day, until she figured out what was going on. Some thought this was just an expedition, and Early knew better than to say any more. The train stop near the shelter was close, only three blocks away, and it took you right to Harold Washington. Early watched carefully, memorizing the route and the numbers of stops. The elevated train, a hundred-year-old system that creaked and trembled, snaked through a few different neighborhoods on its way downtown. Early got a glimpse of boarded-up houses and apartment buildings. She'd seen places like these in Woodlawn, but they'd never meant anything. Now, quite suddenly, they did. Every window and door was covered with plywood, and sometimes there was a huge padlock on the entrance. Surrounding these buildings was trash and lots of it. Pots of, parts of cars, old tires, sinks and toilets, broken furniture, and sometimes bags of clothing scattered through the weeds. Here and there, you might see an old lawn chair still standing, or a one-handled tricycle. Some buildings bore the smoky scars of fires and jagged holes in the roofs, but others looked fine. Just empty. These places were sad. The word home still echoing around the brick and wood. Home. Early thought about how it must hurt to look at a place where you used to live and see it so neglected. As if you were long gone. Like the building had died and its eyes and mouth were closed, nailed shut. It was a spooky thought. Some, she said. Uh-huh, her mother replied. She was looking out the window, too. How come there are so many homes standing empty in Chicago and so many people like us who don't have a home? How come those empty homes aren't being fixed up and filled with people who need a place to live? That is an A number one question early. I don't know the answer. It feels wrong and pretty crazy, doesn't it? Wasteful. Seems like it wouldn't take that much to make some of these places livable again. Early nodded. The three were quiet, watching the landscape of buildings roll by outside the train. The difference between a window with a glimpse of everyday life inside and a window with nothing but boards was startling. She pushed her hood back and scratched one ear. Hey, if some rich person like a basketball player or a movie star just adopted one home at a time and made it nice again for people to live in, but only people who can't afford a place, that would be so amazing. Folks could get on their feet, you know, have an address, hold a job. I think it's brilliant, Early. You should write a bunch of letters to the people who run the city and some millionaires. You might start something big. Someone else might have thought of that before, but you never know. Some. Dash would say it was a great idea, wouldn't he? He would, some said, her voice suddenly quieter. He would. Maybe you can get us a house, Early, Juby piped up. A house with a yard, can you? 
Then when Dash gets home, I'll be sitting on the steps waiting and he'll be so surprised. Yeah, Early said, I'll try. She felt bad she'd gotten Juby thinking about it. Some said nothing for the rest of the ride. Mrs. Wormser hurried from behind her desk. Early, 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 early. After two giant hugs and a kiss in between, the librarian pulled back and said simply, I don't believe it. Any of this. Just horrible. Early explained her plan to Mrs. Wormser. Smart, the librarian agreed. Go for it. You may uncover something, truly, but be careful. I'm not sure what's up around here, but none of us feel at ease with Mr. Pincer or that assistant he's brought in, Miss Whistle. Have you met either of them? Early shook her head. You'll see what I mean. Now I'm off to the bathroom and you just slip past my desk while I'm gone. Thanks. Early gave her a quick grin for everything. Oh, and some says hi. She and Juby are downstairs in the children's library. After checking the name tag and knocking softly on his open door, Early peeked around the corner. Good morning, Mr. Pincer she said in a cheerful voice that she hoped sounded like a breath of fresh air. Nice to meet you. I'm Early Pearl, Dash's, Dashel's daughter. She'd known just where to go. Dash had often taken her into the staff-only offices. Mr. Pincer started to get up from his desk, sat down again, banged his knee, and then spilled his coffee. He popped the cup upright, mopped at the dark puddle with a handful of napkins from the donut shop down the street and tried to smile. Welcome, welcome. Gotta say you surprised me. I'm kind of surprised myself, Early said, but here's what I want to do. Collect everyone's memories about my father. I can't really help the police figure out the whole mess. I know, I'm just a kid, but Dash and I were super close and Early broke off and looked down, waiting for Mr. Pincer to reach out. He did. Of course, of course, he said. That's a marvelous idea. Of course you want to preserve memories. I'll do everything I can to help. Yes, to help, he repeated, as if he didn't, as if he needed to hear himself say it again. That's great of you, Mr. Pincer, Early gushed. I knew you'd understand. Do you have kids of your own? The man grunted cleared his throat and said, no, no children. Not that lucky, I guess, he finished with a pasted on smile. I guess, he added. Early wondered if he always repeated himself or just didn't like kids. She looked back down at her hands and said, so how would you like me to start? I'm not in school at the moment. I'm helping my mother and getting, uh, well, adjusted. We're living in a shelter far away from our old neighborhood of Woodlawn. And some is looking for a job, but she hasn't found a place to leave Juby yet. Everything in the shelter neighborhood is so, well, uh, you know, dangerous, dirty. And my brother Juby got real sick with all the germs. He had to go to the hospital for oxygen, but he's coughing less now. Early paused for a gulp of air and looked up. Mr. Pincer's pale brown eyes were looking paler. A shelter, did you say? A shelter? Yes, sir, Early said. Using ma'am or sir always gave a kid some kind of advantages. Oh, my. Yes, well, well. Got food and warm enough? 
They gave us blankets and sheets and toothbrushes, and some and Juby and I all sleep in a bunk bed in a big room with a lot of other moms and kids. You wait in line to get a meal, and you wait in lines for everything. Now that I think about it, after our apartment got destroyed, Mr. Pincer was leaning farther and further back in his chair, as if that were the only escape option available. Destroyed? Did you say destroyed? What happened? You better tell me. Yes, tell me, he said, not sounding like he wanted to hear at all. Early was feeling like things were going just right. Oh, I thought you knew. Well, three men and a woman turned up in our apartment on the same day my mom came to see you here. Later on, at bedtime, they said they were police. Then when some didn't open the door, they knocked it down, scared us to death. They wanted something. They wrecked everything and left with all of our books and even our family notebooks. They took it all. All your books? All? All? Mr. Pincer echoed faintly. He picked up one of the coffee-soaked paper napkins and dabbed it at his forehead, leaving a wet smear peppered with grounds and sugar. And then, Early continued breathlessly, some was sheltering us kids with her body and it was awful. We were all crying, and one of the men pushed some, and she hit her head. Big bruise. Then she tried to pull me away, but some grabbed me back. Oh, my, Mr. Pincer was muttering. Oh, my, I wonder why. I mean, who? Did your mother tell the police? Of course. And do you know what the four people wanted? Mr. Pincer asked, leaning forward slightly in his chair. Do you know? No, sir, Early said promptly. Do you? <laughs> well, <laughs> the chair snapped backwards. Of course not, not, not. Mr. Pincer looked like it was hard work pulling himself off the knots. It is a knot, isn't it? I mean, a tangle. Early couldn't resist this one. Mr. Pincer looked sharply at her for the first time. Your father used to enjoy wordplay as well. Yes, just as well, I mean. He broke off and rubbed his hand over his forehead, then looked at it as if it had betrayed him. He wiped the nastiness off on his pants. It's a very strange thing, you see, as if it had nothing to do with Dash at all, at all. Early added, just to make Mr. Pincer feel at home with the repeating. She paused, then whispered, you heard, of course, about the diamond. Diamond? Mr. Pincer's hand now shot up into the, onto the desk. It opened and closed like a large crab claw. Diamond, he repeated. Oh, it's a crazy story. After some reported the criminals breaking in and taking our stuff, including our last bit of cash, some policemen went to the apartment and apparently found, uh, well, a sparkly stone on the floor. Some's family gave it to her years ago, when she and Dash were married. Early lied, feeling prouder of herself by the moment, and she'd put it somewhere so safe she'd lost it. She and Dash couldn't afford to make it into a ring, so she had tucked it away, not feeling it was right to sell a gift like that. The criminals must have knocked it out of its safe hiding place, wherever that was. So now they say Dash was stealing, which of course doesn't fit. It's, it, it'll all get straightened out with some careful spy work and a few questions. 
The police are great at this kind of thing, aren't they? Yes, yes, sure, Mr. Pincer said. Didn't hear all this before. Wonder why? The eye of a spy. Well, he seemed to shake himself back to the present and the claw slipped back down behind the desk. You're quite a kid to come here and I'll try to help you uh, get some memories written down. Precious memories. Not that your dad won't be back soon, of course. Yes, soon. He ended with a fake laugh that didn't fit the distracted crease between his eyes. Early, feeling very successful about having made Mr. Pincer behave in such a guilty way, decided it was time for a bit more pressure. She placed both hands over her face and let her head fall forward. The way you said memories, it was as if my dad wasn't coming home she said, her voice muffled. Ever, I heard. Memories. She allowed the last word to wobble out in an accusing tone. Her eyes still covered, she said. I just needed to do something to make everyone remember what a good person my father is. Writing words helps, like my father always said. There was a silence in the room. When she lifted her head, she saw, to her amazement, that she was facing an empty chair the eye of a spy was right. She'd stopped looking, which was a bad idea. Mr. Pincer could move quickly and silently. He closed the door behind him, but early opened it a crack. An angry voice drifted from down the hall. What's going on here? I'm told one thing, the kid tells me another, another entirely, and this will not happen. I tell you right now, it will not, not. Early heard a shrill voice respond, a woman's voice. Gotcha, she said. We'll see what the heck's going on. What happened again? Early hugged her notebook to her chest, her mouth open in a slow O. That way of speaking was familiar. Should she mention to Mr. Pincer that one of the criminals had a way of speaking she didn't recognize, a mishmash of syllables that sounded just like the accent down the hall? No, Early thought. She should not. Moments later, Mr. Pincer propelled her out of his office and around the corner to a small conference room with a rubbery plant in the corner. Got a few things to take care of but do make yourself comfortable and I'll send one of your father's co-workers in to chat. He nodded, still wiping absentmindedly at the sticky patch on his forehead. He scuttled around the corner, then ducked back. Oh, hungry? Hungry? He asked. Always, Early said eagerly, although she was still full of pancakes. Tracking down food might keep him busy for a while. She sat quietly and opened the notebook. Best not to write anything, not yet. Whew, she was glad that she'd seen Mr. Pincer's reaction to the found diamond and that she'd come up with a distracting story. She was also glad that she hadn't mentioned the first book of rhythms. Something told her that was a lucky move. Something about the way Mr. Pincer had repeated, all your books, all, all. Soon a young man slipped into the room and offered a damp hand. Mr. Allslip, he said. One of your father's colleagues, great guy he was, is, is. He had a pink nose and a scraggly mustache, reminding Early of a large rat. She forced herself to smile. What exactly did you do with Dash? Mr. Allslip's mouth fell open. I didn't mean it that way, Early babbled on. 
Just what kind of things did you talk about? Well, he liked games. Mr. Allslip recovered and was stroking his mustache. What kind of games? Early asked politely, her pen over the blank page of her notebook. Oh, you know, clever puzzles, tricky combinations of words and numbers. He enjoyed things that fit unexpectedly. Mr. Allslip looked uncomfortable. Yes, that fit, he frowned. Can't understand, gave the hint. Spun for fun, add and run. But then what, you know, he muttered to himself. Right then, Mr. Pincer stepped into the room. Early realized with a shock that he had probably been standing just outside the door. Everything in that office area was carpeted. Snack time, Mr. Pincer said cheerfully and handed Early a large jelly donut. It looked suspiciously like one that had been sitting on his desk when the coffee spilled. The napkin under it was fresh. Thanks so much. That's very thoughtful of you, she said. We were just talking about how much Dash loved puzzles, like Early blinked rapidly, as if trying to think back. Lines in time, for example. Rows of numbers. Mr. Allslip twitched and looked sideways at Mr. Pincer. Yes, exactly, Mr. Pincer said. His hand was now resting on Mr. Allslip's shoulder, which Early thought was odd. She blinked some more. Like 111, 222, you know, that kind of everyday magic. Mr. Allslip was staring at her. You are like Dash, aren't you? He blurted, then smiled. What made? He began and stopped. Mr. Pincer's claw was turning white across the knuckles. Ow! squeaked Mr. Allslip. Early pretend she hadn't heard. She yawned. Well, thanks for sitting down with me, both of you. Mind if I come back tomorrow? Maybe you'll be ready with more details by then. I promise I won't stay long. Just makes me feel good to hear people remembering stuff about my father. If anyone wants to share, I'm there. Anyone. She waved her arms, hitting the rubbery plant. It bounced and nodded, but both men were silent. Early was feeling it was the kind of silence that crackled with unspoken warnings. I'm good at this. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Early was practically dancing around the children's library. Gave the hint. Spun for fun, she whispered to herself. Good at what? Spying? Juby dropped the book he'd been looking at and bounced up and down on his seat, his thumbs in the air. Some stood, rubbed her eyes, and smiled weakly at the librarian, Mr. Tumble, who was sitting nearby. It's great to be back here for some new reading material. We've missed coming, she said in a flat tone, gathering an armload of books to check out. And thanks for helping with the replacement library card and reading to my son. Early noticed how tired her mother looked that morning and decided not to tell her about the diamond lie that she fed Mr. Pincer. Some might sink even lower, not understanding Early's strategy or the fact that Mr. Pincer had indeed snapped at the bait. Happy to do it. Come back lots, Mr. Tumble's voice sounded genuine. We will, some nodded. Okay, kids, don't want to miss lunch. Yeah, you gotta wait when you're late, and I'm hungry already, Juby grumbled. Early zipped up her jacket and said, hey, you made a rhyme. Pretty good, Juby. Her brother nodded, looking steadily at Mr. Tumble. I like you. 
and I'm a spy. Earl is getting us a house. Did you know? Gonna surprise Dash. Ah, the librarian smiled. Early couldn't tell whether he knew their family's story or not. As the three pearls walked through the door, Mr. Tumble frowned for a moment, pushed his lips out in a tight line as if measuring an idea, and then reached for the phone on the corner of his desk. I'm calling as you requested, he said slowly. Some had a job interview at McDonald's the next day at noon, but had agreed to head back to the library beforehand. Early offered to go on her own that morning, but some wouldn't hear of it. We three are sticking together, young lady, some said. As long as we leave Harold Washington in a couple of hours, then you and Juby can hang out just inside the restaurant entrance while I do my interview. And if I get the job... Some sighed and sucked in a huge gulp of air, as if ready to dive underwater. Then maybe we can find a daycare close to the library, a nicer one. We'll manage. Only if they got trucks and snacks. Only then, Juby chimed in. Only then, some agreed. Some and Juby headed for a story hour in the children's library, as they had the day before, and early hurried upstairs to the sixth floor. She waved to Mrs. Wormser, who looked around, then gave a quick go-on-in signal. Early slipped through the staff-only door and walked quietly down the hall toward Mr. Pincer's office. On the way, she passed a woman she hadn't seen yesterday, someone with fluffy, colorless hair and a see-through skin. One large blue vein wiggled down the side of her face, like a river in the wrong place. A plastic sign on her desk read, Mary Whistle. Excuse me, Early said. Which way to the bathroom? She mumbled the word bathroom so that it came out sounding like bathu. The woman was typing on a computer. Weh? She said, then added, only staff. Thrilled by what she'd heard, Early beamed. Oh, my dad is staff. Wait, I remember. Been there before she said as she bounced on down the hallway. To her relief, Mary Whistle kept typing. This time, Mr. Pincer was ready for her. His door was closed and locked, and a sign taped above the handle read, In Meetings All Day. Early's shoulders sagged. Walking slowly back toward Mrs. Whistle, she said, Excuse me, but maybe you could help. I'm Dashiell Pearl's daughter and looking for anyone who wants to share some stories about him. We miss him so much, and Early waited. The woman didn't react. She continued typing. Early tried another approach. I met Mr. Allslip yesterday. Is there someone else Dash worked with? Miss Whistle squinted one eye, as if Early were irritating it. Was it? She said. Yep, no doubt about that accent. Early whispered, I think you know what I'm talking about. The woman's eyes clicked into focus and she scowled. Get going, she said, jerking her head toward the hallway. She turned back to her desk. Yes, ma'am, Early said, and then whispered under her breath. For what that's worth. Swinging her arms, she walked a few purposeful steps down the carpeted hall and ducked behind a desk in an empty cubicle around the corner. She heard Mrs. Whistle's chair squeak as if she'd leaned backward. Early held her breath. 
Mr. Pincer, please, the woman said, and cleared her throat while waiting. Hello. Yes, she paused. Yes, she sure is. You got it. Yes, put to word out. Very good. The chair squeaked again and all was quiet except for the soft clacking of computer keys. Early was just getting ready to pop out and scurry down the hall when she heard a creak, swish, swish, and the woman's legs swept by. Early watched the shiny stockings vanish. All was quiet. She jumped up and ducked into Mrs. Whistle's cubicle to see what she'd been typing. If she got caught, Early could pretend she was going for tissues. Her heart pounding, she leaned close and read an email directed to all employees of history and social sciences. For security reasons, as you heard in a meeting last week, you may not discuss anything to do with Dashiell Quirrell with any visitors to the library. If you have questions or new information, please contact Mr. Pincer. Early hugged her notebook and scurried down another branch of the hallway. It ended in a door. Taking a deep breath, she turned the knob and pulled. She was facing a small, brightly lit room, lined floor to ceiling with books. A number of file cabinets divided the space. The limited access room. Dash had once brought her here, explaining that this was where high security books and articles were kept. They were never checked out as they might not come back. This was where you'd come to read about crimes, murders, drugs, gangs, stuff like that. Dash said that folks on both sides of the law did research there. Early thought about that as she looked around. One wall was glass and faced the open stacks of the sixth floor. In the middle of this wall was the public entrance door behind the librarian's counter. Several adults seated at long wooden tables in the center of the room bent low over piles of books and papers. All was quiet. Early was wondering how on earth she could blend in when she spotted Mr. Wave's ears. He was crouched over a screen in the corner, his fingers following fine lines of print. Early tiptoed across the room. When she hit a squeak in the floor, Mr. Wave looked up, but only from the side of his eye. The grin, the grin frown was back. What took you so long? He asked in that raspy whisper. Been waiting. And that ends the chapter chase, pages 167 to 186. Please make sure you choose three, at least three vocabulary words to write into your brain journal. We're going to post some comprehension questions on Class Dojo and Edmodo. You're just going to answer them in your brain journal. And make sure you continue to check Edmodo. We can send messages back and forth there. We're going to have our people that are presenting their quote present there. I told them they can either write it or they can do a video. I think this week is Lindsay. So hopefully we hear back from him. I miss you guys, and I can't wait until we're back together again. Keep doing a great job, and keep checking on Class Dojo and Edmodo for updates. We'll be talking soon.